Graphic design empire. Take control of it. Do you know what? These are really great questions. If you want it, you're just going to find a way to get it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Today's episode is with a good friend of the show, Connor Fowler. Me and Hannah have a good chat with him, and it's a really, really good chat. Loads and loads of advice in this episode. Um, just absolutely packed. I mean, if you go over to the, the creativewaffle.club website, you can check out the blog article for this for this episode, and it is huge. Um, it's just lists of, uh, of advice and tips and, and bits. Um, so yeah, go over there, check out that, uh, creativewaffle.club. I think today's podcast is creativewaffle.club slash blog slash social media smart, I think it is. Um, yeah, social media smart, M-S-M-A-R-T. Uh, so yeah, go and check that out. There's also a link down in the description of this podcast, wherever you're listening or watching. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Hope you enjoy the episode, and please do get a notepad for this one, because you'll need it. There's tons of advice. So yeah, hope you enjoy the show. Okay, let's do this again. Welcome to the podcast. Whee! <laughs> <laughs> ah, God. You keep uh, saying we're going to restart this, but I think you should just leave this all in because it's great. Like this is this is how we this is how we talk in real life if we're having a call. This is like this is what yeah. it's all about, and this is what I'm finding with my show as well, man. I know we're going to get onto some topics in a minute, but like I much prefer just sitting down and going. I just start the recording and I'll just edit like when I feel like it now. I won't even yeah. really try and do a proper intro. I'll just be like, "Cool, we're going straight into this." Like I'll do some housekeeping and then just go straight into the show because at this point I'm like I. I housekeeping. Um, I don't even care. Like, yeah. we're just going. Okay, we we have to ask you what we asked Dave. Then, have you watched Tiger King? Yeah. <sighs> have I watched Tiger King? No, I have not. Um, I wish to though, and it is on my list. And since I am in quarantine, I would like to also watch Tiger King. <laughs> That's the most British answer I've ever heard yeah. to that question. <laughs> it's, well, I really want day, to. I will watch it. <laughs> yeah, I've just finished watching Castlevania. Um, the new season of that which was really good um but no tiger king looks hilarious but the thing is i don't it's not like when you're on tell like you watch tv you can like they tell you what's coming up like what new shows are coming out netflix just like like drops that stuff out of nowhere <laughs> do, yeah. and then something like tiger king will turn up and you'll go oh have you watched this thing everybody's seen and i'm like i didn't even know it existed <laughs> yeah true <laughs> but no it is on the list why have you have you watched it as well I'm on episode five. Mark's on episode three. three yeah. It it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> That's so the good. only way to describe it. Like it gets crazier with every episode. Like every episode one ups the last episode. Like it's just when you think it can't get crazier, it does. <laughs> so Yeah, Steve Reboyne's been posting some really great memes of it. Like I already feel like I know half the characters just from some of the memes I've seen. Mm like oh god yeah. i might grow a, a porn stash like him oh god <laughs> <laughs> you've got to have the mullet too <laughs> oh, gosh. and have two husbands as well <laughs> yeah well, why not? oh you don't know about that yet oh shit spoilers the two husbands be spoilers for everyone listening at home yeah to be fair this will probably be coming out after everyone's Hold on tiger's tiger king there's a uh... dog is howling go and get him go get him go get him I have never heard him howl before in my entire life. Is he a wooing? Well, He's literally howling. Oh my god, hang on. Full moon. Full moon. I've oh, could be. I mean, it's definitely not where Hannah is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a weird time for him to be howling. I gotta get my phone and record it. Hold on. <laughs> so what are we doing? Today? What are we doing today? Um, social media. 
Yeah. How have you been? I've been all right. I'm on lockdown. I've decided not to shave and haven't shaved for about a month. Are you going to do the skinhead? Uh, if my if I can't get a haircut for months and months and months, then yeah, probably. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, but we'll see. We're I... going to go skinhead. Hannah's agreed to it. Oh. What? I am not. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Unfortunately, my hair doesn't grow like nicely down. It just does that. Flynn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a dog. Sides. This is Flynn. <laughs> uh-huh. I see a dog. He's a big baby. Ah. Of course, you stopped howling as soon as I started recording. <laughs> no, he's just upset. Separation anxiety. He's spoiled with me being home all the time now. Oh my god, the amount of videos I have seen of people's cats getting so angry at them for being home all day. <laughs> Holy shit. These, I didn't even realize, this must be like a brand new phenomenon for people. Like, just, I would love to see people actually go in and study this. Like, all these cats being like, why are you home all day? Normally I could sleep on your bed, I could pee wherever I wanted, like I'm left alone in nice solitary confinement for eight hours of the day, and you're here all the time, poking me. <laughs> oh, see if I can find some of these videos, because oh my god. No, it's like I've never seen a creature so upset. <laughs> I've just realised we're uh, it's nearly seven o'clock. <laughs> um, yeah, man, cool. we, we better start the podcast otherwise. I have yeah. my mum's going to say, "Oh, dinner's ready." Um, okay. Yes, let's. I will keep my mouth shut. Welcome to the show, Connor. How are you doing? Hey, Mark. I'm doing all right, thank you. It's a pleasure to be back. Nice. Yeah, so we were talking about social media, something you know a lot about. Uh, as, as you studied it a lot, you've, you've got a really big following, you've got a good community around your work and what you do. Um, we talk about self-promotion on social media, and I'm sure the community stuff will come into it too. So, yeah. Also, Hannah's yeah. here as well. Welcome. Hi. Yeah. It's nice to meet you. Lovely to meet you too, Hannah. I mean, you've got a dog in front of you right now. That makes me... I, I think do. we should be friends. He's spoiled. Um, yes, for sure. Yeah, because you've, you've got a dog and I don't. Well, that's not true. I do have a dog. It don't, it's not my dog, though. There is a dog. Uh, I feel really bad now because I've just said I don't have a dog and she's literally downstairs. It's real bad. <laughs> and Mark, Mark's been super nice and uh, complimentary and saying that I have studied lots of social media and things like that. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like yeah. I've got some stuff to share. I feel like I can help some people on that for sure. So, And you also have a question from I do, someone, actually. right? Do you want to start with a question? Um, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, what is the question again? Well, the question I received, because um, we posted about the fact we were going to do the show earlier today and got a question through that said, um, and the question was, if Who's I can it find well? it, it was from uh, Manny Ezith, which is M4NNY dot E um, on Instagram. And the question was along the lines of, is it worth paying for advertisement and promotion or promoting your posts on Instagram? Nice. I think we, I think we should definitely get to that. Um, but it'd be good to start off at the start, the start of social media um, and uh, getting your account first. And this is going to yeah, literally take it from the start to the finish of uh, graduate and what, how, a, how a social media account could be beneficial or, sure. or yeah, I don't know. Is that so right you want to, do you feel like uh, people who are, coming kind of straight out of university or, or college or wherever a feeling that they're not sure where to start is that kind of where we want yeah, to start let's, let's... yeah that's me that was kind of my question I yeah. guess that I was going to kind of lead into is I I mean I currently have like a small presence on social media but yeah I'm coming straight out my straight out of university starting my art career what advice would you give someone kind of like 
me to start building up their social media presence, I suppose, or yeah, posting on social media kind of advice that way. Getting your work out there as well, right? Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this is going to be varying depending on who you are and what you want to do. So the first thing you need to do is figure out what you want to do. So are you hoping to try and find clients? Are you hoping, like, what type of work do you do, Hannah? Like, let's obviously this will be more specific to you, but we'll go backwards. Yeah. Um, I do illustration work as of now. Like, mm-hmm. I'm personally, well, I am a graphic designer. Um, I do photography. I'm kind of like a jack of all trades at the moment. So right now I'm in the process of kind of niching myself down um, or like finding out that one specific thing I like to do and how to market myself, I suppose. So I'm kind of still trying to figure all that out. So right now, if you went to my Instagram, it's like a hot mess. Like there's so many different styles. There's so many different things. And I'm in the process of trying to make it more cohesive, but I'm not sure how to do that. So, yeah. Okay. Well, usually when people, when you ask someone like what they do, they'll say the thing they enjoy doing the most first. So let's base this off the idea of, you want to do illustration which basically looking at your feed it it largely is um or varieties of of illustration digital art whatever you want to list that under so for people who might be at home kind of in the same process or or maybe you didn't go to university but you want to start building on social media there's a spider on my ceiling it's a big spider (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna leave that there and hope he stays there um (laughs) but yeah so my thinking is that you should Focus on one thing for your account. Um, generally, if people have things like photography and illustration in the same account, they don't do very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and often you'll see people have one account for one thing and one account for another. Obviously, it's harder to maintain two different accounts. What is going on? I hear something going off in my ears, and I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, the sorry, I'm going to have to pause for a second. I've got some kind of alarm going off. <laughs> I generally generally don't have a clue where the sound's coming from. Um we got Oh, I know what it is. You absolute <laughs> Oh, I know exactly who that was. Oh, I know yeah, okay. S- sorry, Lydia. <laughs> sorry, my girlfriend's trying to call me. See you later. Um yeah, so <laughs> it was Discord ringing. I was like, what is this on my mouth? Um, but yeah, so my thinking would be to pick an account that you want to do one thing on. So if let's say that's illustration, um, and whilst it's perfectly okay for you to dabble in different things and share different content, if you're going to be focusing on trying to get people to see your work for the thing that you do, pick one thing mm-hmm. or adjacent things. So if you do like, I don't know, if you're a graphic designer, but you also do some 3D work, you could probably blend the two. Like those things are very adjacent. But if you were thinking of illustration and photography, you could blend them by illustrating over your photography. But at the same time, it, it, trying to find that balance, you really need to be focusing down one or the other. Right. Yep, I agree. So although you said your account is kind of all over the place, you can that will only change in time. Um, mm. It took me easily a year to be able to figure out what I was meant to be posting or what I wanted to post. And that's always changing anyway. Yeah. And that's definitely what I'm still working on and I'm definitely evolving and I'm in the very beginning stages of figuring all that out. So yeah. (laughs) And then my thinking after that is to, obviously you want to try and find what your goal is. So if your is your goal to sell prints, is your goal to have clients, 
is your goal. So are you trying to like sell product or are you trying to teach or are you trying to? That's also another part where I'm really uh, like, it's a little bit of everything. I have an Etsy shop, but the thing is I don't market my Etsy shop on my Instagram, which I should, but my Etsy shop is pretty successful on its own on Etsy, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And also, so yeah, kind of trying to sell a product, but also trying to sell myself, I guess, as a person to get that client work or that illustration work. Yeah. Yeah. So both. And and that's what a lot of people, particularly with illustration do is they will have a small shop or they will pick one or the other and then do client work on the side as well Mm -hmm. or or vice versa. Um, But by knowing what you want to achieve will help you figure out who you need to target with your work. So you kind of go through this tier list of what um, what area of work am I going to share, which would be illustration in your case. And then hypothetically, if you were to say, well, I just want to work with clients right now, I worry about my Etsy shop in six months to a year, then you need to be making content that is targeted at them, mm-hmm. which would be doing things, <clears throat> excuse me, along the lines of making content that uses tags that would fit towards those types of businesses um, rather than just being like 30 illustration hashtags yeah Mm. because this is this will always happen with and i think many creative people don't realize this wherever you go and post on the internet you are your audience is more than likely going to be mostly creative people so Mm -hmm. as a designer as like logo and brand identity work that i do the vast majority of my account on every profile apart from linkedin is other designers and the only reason it's not on LinkedIn is because I purposely declined them. Interesting. Yeah, because I'm not, I'm not like, I want to build a network. And if you have like, I don't know, if you're like a really amazing designer and I really love your work, then I, yes, I will. But any like random Joe who adds me on LinkedIn, I will not just add them. Mm-hmm. I made that mistake with Facebook 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, Like I, I don't yeah. need 900 friends. <laughs> but True. so it's that tier list. It's like, pick what you want to do figure out who you're aiming at and if you want to sell products then obviously you want to sell um you want to do your tags and posting content similar to that so you probably want to show the quality of your products and things like that mm-hmm. um, okay. but if my focus is is on client work so if i was suggesting to help someone find client work it would be make sure your work targets those clients which mm-hmm. is like quite a very short sentence for a very big topic but yeah. that's kind of the steps you'd need to go through is like what do you want to do who do you want to do it for and then how do you get in contact with them or how do you make them see your work? Okay. And then I guess that kind of leads me to my, sorry, Mark, I don't. No, no, please do take it all. Oh. Next question was like, how do you continue to build on that audience or like build rather than, yeah, of course you have to start and do it and like start posting. And that's the hardest part is starting. But like for me, I guess I've been, I started and I saw this huge surge of growth for a while. And then I'm also kind of stagnant like where I'm at now. So like, what's, is there kind of like a, a tip or trick to like continue seeing growth or like things that you can be doing to continue seeing growth or. So with, there are kind of three main rules that I would pick two, which would be, you need quality content. So you need content that shows off your best work and people actually want to see, you need to do it consistently. Um, and you also need to be kind of adapting it as things change. Mm-hmm. Um, and figuring out how to adapt it and change it will just generally come as you grow. Mm -hmm. So you could go through all your posts and be like, well, what gets the most attention? And I don't know, it might be something that you absolutely hated doing. Like every so often you'll make a post and everyone will love it, but you hate it. 
And if you suddenly start making all that content, then you're going to hate yourself and then it's just going to go downhill from there. So you might gain in the short term, but in the long term, you're going to screw yourself over. So my suggestion would be to make sure that you are posting consistently and that it doesn't matter whether that is once a week or um, every single day. Obviously, the more you can post, the better. But providing it's consistent, you post at a similar time, um, you make sure that you are interacting with people after you've posted, if Mm -hmm. they leave a comment. And that's a way to make sure that your account doesn't kind of lose reach. So mm-hmm. over the years I've had an account, I, there was a period where I didn't post for 10 months and my reach just like tanked right. only, only by posting regularly will that build up and then it's, it builds up and it builds up and then it will kind of stagnate a bit and then it will build up a bit more. So mm-hmm. you have to be consistent with it. But then the, on the flip side of that is your question of how do you get consistent growth? And that's a question I'm asked so often is how do I get more followers? How do I, how do I get my audience? Kind of. Help me. Jackson, <laughs> uh, you know, hey, uh, so he's got to, he's going to come back at some point, Mark, you know this. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, with, in terms of growing consistently, the only way to do it is to make sure that you are on top of what the platform is doing. So looking around at what everyone else is doing and going, what, well, what does work here? What can I improve in my stuff? Is there a new technique, a new hashtag? Is there a new um, like when stories first came out, they were a big thing. Well, they weren't, they were hated massively to start with and now mm. everybody's using them. So you've got to figure out where the platform's going as well. So that's the technical side. But in terms of building an audience consistently, the best thing to do is to go to people's posts and comment on their posts or interact mm. with their posts or send them a message and say you really liked X post. Mm-hmm. Now, if your goal is just to build an audience, you could do that with any piece of content anywhere on Instagram. But if you want to do things like find clients, um, it would probably be better to go to ideal client pages um, or go to people above them and engage with those people's content. Mm-hmm. And then that will kind of trickle down over time to you, which can then help. But you have to do this a lot. This is not like you can leave one comment a day and you'll start seeing results. I mean, I don't do this enough myself, but I know and have seen people um, who do it very regularly and a lot and have seen great results because what ultimately... Sort of what sort of time are we talking uh, how many times a day yeah yeah yeah. i mean you can gary v says things like 90 times a day or something stupid like i think that's ridiculous i think if you were to spend that much time doing that you would have no you'd very likely have not much time to make content particularly that, go ahead sorry but particularly if you're uh, like most graduates from university or college who also have some kind of part-time job um, yeah. whether that's serving coffee or whether that's working in a restaurant or wherever hey. I'm a barista. <laughs> well, there you go then. So it, this is but on that note, that makes a lot of sense because you don't have, it's finding the balance of, it's actually a discussion I had with a friend called John, uh, John Pearson, who's the owner of Cult Method yesterday, was that how do you balance creating content with marketing yourself? That was my question. <laughs> yeah, which is a whole, like in terms of getting an audience and networking, things like that, that's a whole other topic. But in terms of Instagram specifically for consistent growth the best way to do that is to um to reach and find accounts who you would like to work with and not going on and being like hey i'm an illustrator check out my shit um (laughs) but it would be a case of going hey hey i really enjoyed the caption you wrote on this and actually taking the time to read these things and putting something genuine rather than just kind of being like hey nice work which is my favorite comment at the moment 
Um, and yeah, dribble, you need to sort your stuff out because, oh my God, my feed has never had so many nice work comments on it. Um, but, but, but yeah, that's, that's where I would suggest doing, but in terms of consistent growth, it's all about finding the people you want to work with, engaging with them there, because then that gives you growth. But unfortunately, and this is going to be a bit of a shocker for other people potentially is that just because you have more followers doesn't mean you are actually going to get more work. Mm -hmm. um you can still have a massive lead generation problem if you have a hundred thousand followers mm -hmm. uh, you'd probably be less likely to have a problem with a lead generation if you have a lot of followers but if all your followers are designers and they're not going to be clients yes the exposure will help but it's not actually that helpful right um yeah that's and oh actually i have an analogy to make which uh, not an analogy a point to make about exactly how this might work so let's say for example you want to do illustrations for the tech industry for tech startups and things like that rather than going to places where the tech startups hang out you could go and engage with investors like wherever the investors accounts are because they're the ones giving money to the tech startups and who know all the tech startups so if you get in good with them then it goes from there so it's a case of just traditional networking on a different, like on social. It's kind of how I see you getting more work, but also growth because you'd probably get slower growth if you do that, but you'll have an audience that is potentially people who are going to give you money. Mm -hmm. Good point. That, that's something I just realized we didn't talk about at all in, in the, uh, the conversation with Dave Clayton about, uh, about networking is we just focused it all on designers. And this is a really key point, especially for social media. Uh, don't just focus on designers because, you know, we need work. The whole point of listening to this podcast is so you can get a job, so you can get work, or so you can get work as a freelancer rather than, I mean, it's great to make cool friends, to design, to cool designer friends and go to amazing events, but that's a real key point. You've got to get some money <laughs> uh, and, and get a job um, or a client. So, yeah, so focused towards clients. How is the best way to structure each platform? each platform okay this is this is something that my expertise starts to dwindle in because i spent a lot of time on on instagram so well you could start with instagram and we'll just like yeah so with instagram um it's tricky because since we first started mark posting obviously i've known you for a long time but since we started posting on instagram and things like that it has changed a lot right so organic reach has declined significantly um we have also got a whole bunch of new features which in my opinion, a lot of them are just bloating the app. So people's attention is drawn into many different directions and general discovery features on Instagram have kind of gone downhill. So instead, like if you go on your explore feed now or even to hashtag feeds, so if you go on a specific hashtag feed, they're just completely messed up. They don't work mm -hmm. um, or they work very rarely. So the ways to grow and target people is much harder than it used to be for sure. Um, so when it comes to, what was your question again? Sorry, just so I can phrase it right. Uh, how, how do you set yourself up on different social media platforms to, to promote your work to clients? Okay. So you need to be making sure that you are promoting yourself in a way that explains how you can help other people. So again, this is a discussion I had with John yesterday, which is how do you phrase it in a way that shows them the value of what you do? whilst keeping it simple enough so that they understand what you do because more often than not if you tell people you're a logo designer they won't give a shit and i'm sorry i don't know if i can swear on this podcast but yeah, I yeah, yeah, okay cool so um they, they don't care 
but if you tell them that the benefits of having a better or good logo design or a strong brand identity or strong brand positioning they see the value of that and then you say well that's what i do so you kind of go from this how does it actually help them to what you do and then how you do it um, mm. so generally on your profile you'll probably have enough space for a couple of sentences in your bio so focusing on something that says like i'm not going to think of something off the top of my head here but um, Tom Ross has a good one in his bio. You should go and check his one out. But it's a case of saying, what is the end result someone will get by either looking at your account or working with you? So what is the benefit of working with you? So for illustration, that could be um, helping them have clear messaging. It could mm -hmm. be helping to interpret difficult data. So Laura Evans, who uh, Nifty, Nifty Fox creative, um, mm -hmm. she does live scribing. So she takes very complex ideas um, and puts it down into visual illustrations, into mapping and um, really quite incredible graphics that take very complex ideas. And she can list that or the outcome of that on her profile as something along the lines of, I help to decode um, difficult information, not remember difficult, but tough information into something more aesthetically pleasing or more digestible or, or whatever the outcome of her work is. Because you can sit there and say, I'm an illustrator or I'm a logo designer. I do this, I do that, I do this, this is the process, but people just don't care. That's a really, um, good, that's a really, really good point. Like showing them what he, or telling them what you do like really clearly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not just telling them what you do though. It's telling them what they will get. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people, I don't wanna, I, I feel like our today's world is very selfish. It's like, what can you do for me? Like, what can I get from you for me to benefit me? And I, that kind of sucks. And that's just the way it is sometimes, I guess. But yeah, when a client looks at your profile, it's like, how are you going to benefit them? Like, what is your work going to do to enhance who they are as a brand? So yeah, that's a good idea. And I've always heard the saying, like, what is it? Create work for the clients you want to attract or for the people that you want to attract like if you want to be a children's book illustrator do children's book illustrations like that kind of thing and that kind of I know we're kind of I don't want to go off topic we'll get back to it but like um how do you how do you stand out then too because like I feel like I don't when I scroll through Instagram a lot of the things are the same and of course you follow trends and that kind of thing but a lot of the people that I follow everything starts to look the same and everybody seems to be doing like the same thing so how do you stand out to a client on like social media as well? You do what all great artists have done. You take inspiration from everything that inspires you. And then you do something that is you. And mm. often it will take you a long time as it has with me. It will take you a long, long time to make something that you feel comfortable with. And like it's kind of to your core comfortable with and feels like you actually share your, your true voice through um, whether that is through illustration, whether that is through writing, whether that's as Mark does through his podcast and well, your podcast. Um, uh, but the a main idea of that is how do you cut through that noise? And the first yeah. thing is you don't follow trends. If you follow trends, that will just you'll just go up and down and up and down. And right. then people people will follow your account for those trends. So I see this all the time. Um, and I'm going to kind of like, <laughs> but I, I really don't want to kind of go into my personal opinion on these but anyway, the, uh, I see lots of accounts doing things like a new Pixar movie will come out and they will do 10 pieces of fan art 
based on yep. those characters and they'll get i'm guilty of it like i'm not, will... not gonna lie yeah. and it gets a lot of engagement like it, it does, does at first yeah no i'm guilty use me as an example <laughs> but then as i'm sure you found out those it people who off. follow you yeah actually reduce your overall engagement because they are not interested in the mm -hmm. general work you would do and right. then it goes back to the point you made hannah which is that you need to be doing stuff that attracts the people you want to work with mm. and unless you want to work at pixar you gotta stop yeah yeah that's a really good point <laughs> yeah it's like all the people who i see i mean you, you only have to go and look at the average illustration like university course and see how many people are drawing anime like you will never yeah. <laughs> outwork a Japanese anime artist. You will never do it. So stop. Mm -hmm. Like, and you cannot continue. It's, that market is so saturated and so full of noise and the best in the world do not, they, like almost none of them live in the West. Like it's just not, the work ethic is just not there. The skill and talent is just not there. Mm -hmm. So you've got to make sure you're picking something that is truly you and is not just pulling off whatever trend or um, hyped thing is in the world at the moment. Because mm -hmm. ultimately, as I said, the world, like you, people kind of draw on the great artists of being like, oh, I love this person's style. I love the way they did this. And the only way they did that was by doing their own thing. Even if it looks stupid. Picasso, mm -hmm. for example. We see him as a great, but I'm sure he was quite a troubled man. Yeah. So, and probably had a lot of strange ideas and drew inspiration from very weird things. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. Yeah. And if you, if you don't see, it, it takes a long time. Like it takes a long, long time. And I don't expect anyone coming straight out of university or college to envision who they are and, and, and share what they do. Like you've just been asked at 18 years old to pick what you were doing for the next four years to try and pick a career for the rest of your entire life. And you're expected to know exactly who you are at 22, 21. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I had this conversation last night on the phone with Jessica, another, she's an illustrator, but she, her path changed so much where she started out doing one thing, didn't like it. She started out doing another thing and coming straight out of university and college and thinking you have what you want down no one expected this coronavirus thing to happen two months ago. Like your life and your path can change so much in such a short amount of time. So yeah. And that's kind of what I'm struggling with is like trying to figure out where I want to go and like how I want to go down this route. But the plain and simple of it is like kind of what you said, just be yourself and do you, I guess like, and it'll just go from there, I suppose. Sorry, that was yeah, off yeah. the social media topic, but but no, that, no, it's, it's it's on. It's definitely on topic because it's sure. it's all it's all about finding your voice, and it's not the technical side, right? Yeah, um, but if you don't spend the time to work on it, to do things like journaling, even if you hate writing, like mm -hmm. when I was in college, so the end of high school, the last two years of high school for you, Hannah, um, <laughs> yeah. I. I had essays that were like 2000 words, like two and a half thousand words. Mm -hmm. And I will write a thousand words in 15 minutes now. I didn't mm -hmm. even finish those two and a half thousand word essays for my history class. Yeah. I didn't even finish them. Like I just didn't yeah. submit them. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I hated writing that much. And it wasn't that I hated writing it's that I didn't know what I wanted to say or mm -hmm. I wasn't writing about something I wanted to. And maybe writing is not the way you want to do it, but it's this idea of you need to do some self discovery 
of some description, even if it's just a case of like, write 10 things that you enjoy the most. I, what's yeah. like, what's like a 10 out of 10 for you? And that mm -hmm. could be walking your dog. That could be um, your, what was it? Vanilla orange Coke from wherever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it could be anything. And yeah. out of those 10, there will probably be an opportunity in there that you could turn into something to make money with. And if that's illustration, fabulous. If that's coding websites, even better. Mm -hmm. But obviously, yeah, that's kind of the, the mentality of it because previously to that, the only way you could have done that type of thing uh, outside of social media would be to just go and apply for jobs or go to um, like a representative agency if you're an illustrator and get a rep mm -hmm. um, or an agent. And yeah, to tie that back to Mark's question of how do you set up on these platforms, you need to start your bio off with making sure that you're explaining the value of things to other people and then what you do. And mm -hmm. then like the three things are, how can they get in contact with you? Yeah. And that's yeah. probably the, the three things that you need overall. You can do other stuff. Um, and that's your bio. And that should be the same across most of the platforms. Um, if you have the characters to do it, obviously different platforms, like Dribble at the moment has given you way fewer characters to use um, and things like that. So you don't actually have the space to, um, to do a long winded, more Instagram bio thing. And then when it comes to setting up for the content, this kind of applies, as we've mentioned, across all the platforms, which is you need to be writing it in a tone of voice that is reflective of you, making something that is reflective of what you, reflective of you and what you want to do, mm -hmm. and then sharing it and trying to target the people who you want to work with as best as, best as you can. That, yeah. um, like, as I alluded to, hashtags on Instagram are kind of stuffed at the moment. Mm -hmm. um like some some of my posts will go into so many different hashtags and then some of them will go into none and there doesn't seem to be any particular reason why it just sometimes the algorithm's just like nah not today yeah um and relying on that type of technical side of instagram or social media platforms in general is generally not the best thing to do because you need to be connecting to real people and not trying to beg the platform to give you attention because that's yeah. what most people do when they get started and that kind but, of i have a really quick sorry really quick uh, question just on that real quick so would you recommend to someone to pick like a couple platforms and really dig deep into them or do you think it's better to be on a lot of platforms and like twitter youtube instagram facebook like everything or do you think like if i picked just instagram and just one other thing and really dove deep into those or do you think it's beneficial to be on more so it depends what you want to do i mean for me personally um i want to work with clients so where mm -hmm. do clients hang out they hang out on linkedin pretty much mm -hmm. like that is if you're going to start anywhere my recommendation would be linkedin because yes it's more professional yes you'll have to write slightly differently and actually make content that is a little bit more professional generally like some sometimes people will get away with stuff that is very down to earth and very like kind of sarcastic or passive aggressive or just really funny and, and relaxed um, but most of the content on there is quite professional um so that should be in your repertoire like no matter what in my or opinion. what about like dribble or behance like what so do you think they're, yeah they're the, they're the next ones which is the i do not know many i know some i do not know many people who get work through dribble Mm -hmm. um, I know quite a lot of people who get work through Behance mm -hmm. and I know quite a lot of people who get work through Instagram. Um, but with Dribble, 
something I've noticed about Drivel, and hopefully this will be changing as they've changed and updated their platform a little bit recently. Um, previously, you had to be within the top 10% of accounts to be getting work regularly through Drivel, because mm. that's the only way the discovery worked. And these were accounts who had been there for a long, long time. And these mm. were accounts with absolutely gargantuan followings on Dribbble. Um, and I think maybe they're cha- trying to change this because they've recently hidden how many followers you have. Um, and they're making changes that are seem to be trying to push potential clients to viewing the work as a whole and not the follow account. Right. Um, I don't know if that's intentional. They haven't actually shared that. But in my opinion, if the more platforms you can manage, the better. But you need to be aware that it's going to take a lot of time and effort to cross post that right? Um, yeah. and, and to make sure that the content is viable for each of those platforms. So depend, it depends what you want to do, but what you should do is to see whether clients hang out. So for example, if you're a, um, let's say you're, you're a developer, you might actually be better going off to developer forums and things like that, or to websites where people ask development questions because there might be someone out there who owns their own business who is trying to do this themselves, but doesn't have a clue how to. And actually, if you answered their question, they might actually hire you to do it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's finding those things where for yourself as an illustrator and probably the vast majority of people listening are going to be creative either in some artistic way or design way. So my recommendation would be to, if you can hack it, to do Instagram, Dribble, Behance, um, and LinkedIn. I would also strongly recommend illustrators, specifically illustrators, um, to use Twitter. Mm, I just got one. (laughs) And the reason for this is because there is a massive illustration community on Twitter. And yes, that's illustrators, but with Twitter and the way the feed works, if you get retweeted, often businesses and agencies and clients will follow illustrators, which then they repost each other's work. Mm. Um, So my girlfriend, Lydia Hill, um, you can find her on Twitter and Instagram and all those types of stuff. She recently had a tweet. This is obviously a very rare occurrence, but she had a tweet go viral. Um, and mm. we're talking three quarters of a million likes, like 750,000. Wow. Jesus. Um, and it wasn't even about her work. So uh, they didn't have a picture of her work in it. And then she posted a picture of her work in the thread following and has had a lot of leads through that. But, oh, wow. in, but in general, if I rewind from that and look at the lead generation she has had through her accounts in general, the vast majority of them seem to be through Twitter. Um, so for illustration, I feel that Twitter has a thriving community. If you're in dis- into design and like more B2B stuff. So if you want to work with business clients on branding, on logo design, on kind of more of their visual identity or positioning, LinkedIn's probably your better bet because that's where they hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, Dribble and Behance are great places too. And that's where businesses will go and look at other design work. However, you have to remember that you are competing with every other designer on the planet doing the same thing. Right. Whereas on LinkedIn, you are doing that less so because you can really target specific hashtags. You can get trending in hashtags a lot easy, more easily. And also um, you can accept who is in your network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely, I'm not using LinkedIn to its full potential, but this I, is definitely- I don't think anybody is really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Well, especially when you start out, right? It's just hard to get like, stuff so to set up especially on linkedin where it's uh, this very big scary businessman world <laughs> yeah that's that's a good point that's a really good point mark and you're totally right because it does feel very daunting 
Mm-hmm. And it does mean you need a decent headshot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when you have that and you've set up your profile, like you're not including every job you've ever done. Like you need to make sure the jobs you have listed are probably fairly relevant. Like you mm-hmm. don't want to just be listing like, um, if I worked if, at McDonald's for three months or precisely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you're trying to be an illustrator and you, you, it's not that those things would taint someone's perception of you. It's more that they're not relevant to what you're trying to do. Right. So if you, if you want to be an illustrator, um, and you did an, a graphic design internship at whatever agency, then that's relevant because mm-hmm. it, it shows you're within that field. Um, you could also probably do something like I worked in a gallery like mm. you could probably do that because then you have art knowledge like but it needs to be relevant um and i'm not even using linkedin to explore potential at all because <laughs> but it's it's because it's it is a little bit more daunting but i do see more opportunity there at the moment overall mm. and i know we we started off this conversation with instagram and i do think there's a lot of potential there i know a lot of people who are getting considerable work through instagram but mm. it depends what you want to achieve right because i think in terms of percentage, there are more clients on LinkedIn than there are on Instagram. If you want clients, if you want to sell product, like if you want to sell digital, if you're Ian Barnard or is it James Lewis, the hand letterer, if you want to sell prints or physical products or digital procreate brushes, Instagram's better because it's specifically designed to be sharing visual content to other creative people. It's a platform for, for originally for photographers. Yeah. Whereas LinkedIn was made for business exchange. So you've got to remember why that platform existed in the first place. That's a good point. <laughs> Twitter's for communication and speaking to people. Yeah. Right. And it's fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So going back to Lydia's tweet, when it had, she's had a couple of tweets that got like 10,000 likes in the past and she hadn't put like a link to her website on them because she'd like gone to bed and they'd woken up with 10K on them. So when this one hit 10K, um, I said to her, sent her a message and said, you need to put a link to your website on this. And mm-hmm. within the next six hours, it went to like 250,000. And then over the course of the next day, it tripled. And it, it's things like that, that Twitter moves so fast and it will eat you alive sometimes. Like it will, like it has destroyed people's careers because it moves so quickly. It has mm-hmm. made people's careers. Um, but you also, it's a great communication tool and it also mixes visuals in too. Like it's, I see Twitter as a great place for people who are not designers. <laughs> because like design work just doesn't have the same appeal like everyone can appreciate a great illustration of a duck yeah whatever your age whatever your ethnicity wherever you are based everyone can appreciate a good picture of a duck but if i post an abstract logo specifically tied to a construction software company the market for that is much more Mm -hmm. that's true but on linkedin i can use hashtags for it and get like target the entire market Mm-hmm. But on Twitter or Instagram, it's much harder to do that. In my opinion, obviously, some people might disagree and say, well, I've had great success. I'm like, you probably have had great <laughs> success. Yeah. But I, having been on Instagram for the last three years posting, this is where I see the trend going. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question about setting up and where to point, Mark? Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, there's so many questions. So uh, <laughs> going, going next, the next bit is sort of, oh my God, I don't even know where I'm going with this um different platforms and how they're different uh, obviously like we talked about that's, that's a nice segue so obviously twitter conversation instagram images linkedin a bit more professional is there any way say you want to post something across all platforms how would you differentiate between each one 
in terms of major feature or trying to get stuff out of it? The best way of posting one piece of work across platforms like because like oh, I see. people what they do like i've seen people who post something on instagram and then they, it has that feature where you can like turn on like post it to facebook post it to twitter and like they don't change anything about the post yeah don't do that it's like spread out to all those platforms yeah don't do yeah, that. i know that's a big no-no but i guess that's kind of what he's like, trying to say like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there, there is software out there called there's like uh you can use zapier you can use things like if this then that um, where you make a post on Instagram and it'll post it to Twitter. My recommendation would be to not do that because it just posts a link. And if you put a link anywhere on your content, that platform is immediately going to drop your engagement by half because they're like, why are you sending people on our platform to a different website? Mm, um, so don't do that. So that's why if I ever tweet something that has a link attached to it, I will put it in the second tweet of the thread and not the top one. Because mm -hmm. if the link is in the first one, they drop your engagement. That's a seriously good oh, point. That's smart. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, it's the same for LinkedIn. That's why LinkedIn, if you go and look at LinkedIn posts, if someone posts a, a website link, it will convert it to a L, it's like LNKD.IN link. It won't show the URL. It will convert it to something LinkedIn related because Ooh. they don't want you to leave the platform. So that's something, it's a little ah. tidbit if people didn't know that. But in terms of cross-posting, learn what the formats are. So learn what the presentation formats are. Go and look at people's work who are doing well. So on Instagram and Dribble, that is just one, generally like one shot, like one thing. Obviously on Instagram, you can do little carousel album posts if you want to. Um, but with Dribble um, and Instagram, the front cover will always be one picture. So you mm -hmm. can probably cross post those fairly well. And then you can probably cross post that to Twitter as well. Um, obviously you need to shrink your caption down a little bit, maybe change some of the text and the hashtags like on, on Twitter, for example, use one or two hashtags at most, but mm -hmm. probably don't use any. This is something that Lydia taught me is that Twitter doesn't require hashtags for their search to work. Mm. It, it, it works kind of like Google. So you can just type in, I don't know, um, muffin or chocolate muffin, and it will pull up tweets with chocolate muffin in it, regardless of whether they've used that hashtag. So that works more like general SEO and general kind of Google results. So on Twitter, you probably don't need the hashtags, but the visual side of it, you can probably cross post between three or four platforms, probably Instagram, Dribble, Twitter, and LinkedIn with the same image or images. But the main difference will be how you present the caption. Mm -hmm. So yes, you could do something like you said, Hannah, where you just post to Facebook as well. But firstly, don't use Facebook. Don't, just get off yeah. Facebook. Facebook uh, is not for marketing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It still works. And it's still cheap as anything in terms of advertising compared True. to Google. But it, it's just, it's such a dead platform. Um, mm -hmm. Unless you have like a private community. Like the only good thing about Facebook is private groups. That's the only thing. It's just for my family. That's the only thing I use it yeah. for. People's family, a yeah. couple of friends who refuse to get off Facebook, um, <laughs> and a couple private groups. Like the only reason I have a Facebook account still is because I need one to access my Instagram account because mm, it's Instagram, true. it's Facebook business, so you have to have one. Yeah. Um, and for one group chat, everything <laughs> else I've managed to migrate. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, back to the back to the point of. Instagram, Dribble, Twitter, and LinkedIn, you can probably cross-platform that very easily. Um, and yes, it will take time. You could use a tool like Buffer if you wanted to schedule them. Um, however, I do find um, 
things like Facebook Creator Studio for Instagram is the best way to schedule things. It's free. It's from Facebook. Um, mm. You can use TweetDeck, which is tweetdeck.twitter.com, um, which was previously a third-party app, but then Twitter bought it because they thought, well, this is really great. Like, we'll give it to people for free. Um, and then you probably want to just post natively. Uh, oh, if you have Dribble Pro, you can schedule uh, schedule shots in advance, I believe. I think you have to be pro to schedule uh, in advance. But And then on LinkedIn, you, you I wouldn't suggest scheduling in advance in LinkedIn because it messes the images up. Like every platform I have used and every support team I have spoken to has said the LinkedIn API, which is the thing that connects their platform to LinkedIn, messes the images up and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, it like resizes them and weird, weird shit. Um, so, but you can probably post the same visual across four of those platforms. The only one I say you wouldn't be able to is Behance because Behance wants you to do like full length case studies. Right. Um, but, but other than that, the visual side, Mark, is, is basically the same. It's just how you word the caption. Mm -hmm. That's, That's good. a good point. I'm liking this. This is a, so, okay, what about don't? Anything you, you want to stay away from on social media, anything you really shouldn't do and that will hinder your uh, client getting ability or job getting ability. Well, <laughs> let's talk about don'ts and just in like general practice first and then towards that client side. Sure, because yeah. there is a lot of general practice stuff that you shouldn't do. You shouldn't do things like, um, buy followers. You shouldn't do things like um, <laughs> yeah. use a robot to like photos um, or to like posts. Uh, you shouldn't use hashtags that are banned, for example. And you can see which hashtags are banned by clicking on that hashtag. And or there are websites out there that will check for you. But if you feel like a post has gone into a banned hashtag, just click on the hashtag. Um, and if there are no posts in that hashtag, it's been banned. So for example, the hashtag logo design is banned and it has been since what? 2017. That's a weird, really and, like, why? Yeah, so Jonathan from Logo Inspirations explained to me why he thinks it was banned because it was banned almost since the beginning of Instagram. Um, and he believes it was banned because for some reason in the very early days of Instagram, his account started to get attraction and a few other designers started to be on there too. And then for some reason, some bots just got hold of that hashtag um, maybe it meant something in a different language. Maybe it was just that word that they saw traction in um, and it just filled up with like spam and porn and, and things like that. And Instagram just shut it down. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, apparently. I mean, it's been blocked since 2017. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's been blocked forever in my, yeah. like, as for long as I know. That's a good um, advice for everybody. Check your hashtags because I'm sure some people don't even know that that's blocked. Like I, I didn't. So that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. There are websites you can do to check, but if you feel that a post has, for example, got no reach for some reason, check your hashtags. That's the first thing to do. That's because a good... it, it could be one of the 30. And if one of the 30s in the band hashtag, they will just dip your engagement. Oh my gosh. Um, which has happened to me before. Like I, I've done it before and it's been obscure hashtags and, um, or I've made a spelling mistake. And for some reason, the spelling mistake was the banned one. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, it's odd. This is, this is the issue though. This is when you, if you start relying on the technical side of the platform, this is yeah, the problem. That's so crappy too. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. I'll, and I'm not, I don't know. I'll, be, I'll, I'll put it in the oven if that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's time to eat. <laughs> yeah, um, I've got another call to go to, but it's fine. Um, so yeah, the thing I was saying was in terms of social do's and don'ts, don't go around like just messaging people like, hey, follow my account. Like mm -hmm. don't comment on people's posts being like, hey, love your piece, check out mine. 
because I'm not going to. Um, right. Don't do things like just send someone a message that says hi, because I will mm. delete it. Mm. Like, uh, do something. Like, make make it make me understand why you want to get in contact. Make me see that you're actually a genuine person who has either enjoyed or doesn't like or has an opinion on what I have posted. Um, that's obviously for people just in general, but you don't want to be doing these things either. You don't want to just be going to someone's post and going nice work or mm. um, good job or great, great job or good success, whatever, whatever it is, be, be genuine, read these comments, read the post caption and, and reply with something that is you. Um, because ultimately if you just continue to post comments that are trash, um, and engage in a way that is robotic, um, or spammy or just lazy often the algorithm will not like you for it because it will just start tagging you as someone who does like replies with the same comment on every single post. It's like, okay, well maybe this person is not quite as human as we think they are. Maybe they are a a bot or, or something like that. Mm. Um, in terms of other social do's and don'ts Twitter as I mentioned don't put too many hashtags in there if you want to use keywords then use those keywords in your tweet but I wouldn't worry about putting hashtags in I don't see any benefit to using hashtags on Twitter anymore um, my favorite thing about Twitter hashtags is when I see like a corporate brand doing a promoted tweet and then they try and force a hashtag in um, where it's like Wendy's square burger hashtag 2017 and it's like a 30 character long hashtag and, and no one's going to use it. No one's going to touch it. Right. Um, so try to avoid that. LinkedIn, you need to just be fairly professional. Um, and my suggestion, as I mentioned at the top, do not accept everyone on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, make, make If you're unsure, go and look at their account. See whether they actually have, like look at their profile, see whether they've filled out their entire profile. And mm -hmm. see what they've done for a living. Is it actually maybe relevant to what you are trying to work with or do? Um, or is it just another designer from, I don't know, is it just another designer from like Minnesota just trying to get in contact with you because they like your logo work? And that's fine. But at the same time, are they actually going to be important for your network? And sometimes that takes a long time to figure out. Sometimes it's a case of going to the person's website and looking at their website and going, is this a person who I'd like to connect with further? So on LinkedIn, I would suggest you take extra time to review who tries to connect with you. People mm -hmm. can connect with you in two ways. There is a follow button and a connect button. If someone wants to follow you, they will get all your posts and they can engage with it. But if you want to see their stuff, they have to connect with you. And I, I see this a lot of people just accepting connections on LinkedIn. And I really don't think it's beneficial because Yes, it might be able to help you connect to more people faster, but having a clean network of people who are actually engaged with your work and are not just going to comment on your posts, hey, good work, man, really like this logo you did. Yeah, or maybe they're actually going to sit and read your articles because things like I have uh, less than 500 connections on LinkedIn, but I had a call with someone the other day who said, oh yeah, I've read like most of the articles you posted, but I've n he hadn't liked any of them. I went back and looked. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But if I was to post design work, I'd get design. If I had all these designers on LinkedIn, they'd be liking and commenting and being like, Hey, love this. Da, da, da. I'm like, I have dribble for this. I have Behance for this. I have Instagram for this. LinkedIn is a purely a place for me to help businesses and help people who I'd want to work with. Good um, point. Seriously. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. And good point. curating that network is important because 
I'm not saying this, this is something Tim Ferriss says, which is that you want to be building a strong network of people, like a very tight network of people who you want to be with or connecting with in 10 years. And I don't think you can like doing that on LinkedIn would be silly because you'd be, you'd never accept anybody, but mm -hmm. there is a difference between um, like on Instagram, someone can just follow you. Like you don't really have a say in it. Um, but on LinkedIn, there's a, there's a big difference whether you connect with them. Um, and yes, it might like the, the golden standard of LinkedIn is to have 500 or more connections. Like that's when your account is seen as like, Oh, you're like, you've hit the goal. Like we can build from this. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would suggest not doing that. I would suggest going slow, adding people you've worked with in the past, adding, um, colleagues, adding people who are wanting to help you succeed, mm -hmm. put any references you have on there as well. But LinkedIn, LinkedIn, I see as a very strong platform for people to find work on if you do it correctly. Um, and this is what I will be doing in the future as well, or I'm aiming to do. Um, in terms of more do's and don'ts, quick fire, let's say for, for Dribble, um, Dribble on do's and don'ts, please don't just comment nice work. If you're actually gonna leave a comment on Dribble, leave a good comment because there are not many of them. Um, this is a common complaint with people on Dribble is that I never get actual feedback. It's all just praise. It's all just two word comments. Um, actually really engage there. But with Dribble, I do not find there is much of an active following there. So it's not like Instagram where you might have hundreds of comments on one post. On Dribble, you're probably likely to get five or less, um, mm -hmm. unless you're a massive account, in which case that, that's the way that might go. The same with Behance, you're unlikely to get that much actual engagement in terms of comments. You'll probably get a lot of appreciations and comparison, like the ratio will be a bit different. Um, but again, it's about making sure that you are posting regularly, being consistent in other ways. It will get out there and be seen, but just don't expect Dribble and Behance to grow quick that quickly, really. Mm. Um, and also to make sure that mm. you are behaving in a way that you would want to have be given back to you. Um, so if you're going on Behance and just replying, "Hey, hey, I I love this. Uh, check out my post." <laughs> yeah, you got to you got to realize that no one's going to respond. Um, right. Well, and that kind of like with the do's and don'ts that kind of leads to the question you got asked too. Like, is it beneficial to buy ads for your work? Is that going to help you get seen? Like, I feel like that kind of falls in this category. Of yeah. Like do's and don'ts too. Yeah. I think that's a, a, a great segue. Um, so the question I got earlier to wrap that back around was asking me on Instagram, whether it's better to promote your work. Um, so this is something that I hear people talk about a lot a couple of years ago when kind of the ads started to be a bigger thing. Is it worth promoting your post? And this is what I saw when Facebook first introduced its advertising model. When back in like, when would it have been? 2012, 2013 maybe? They started introducing their advertising and they started tanking pages reach. So I had a Facebook page at one point um, which went from 100% organic reach to 2% in about the course of eight to 10 months. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was, or maybe two, maybe like 5%, but it was ridiculous. Like um, it basically killed the page. Um, yeah. So in terms of advertising, yes, it works. Advertising works, especially digital media advertising where you do things like uh, you track a Google search and then you show them a YouTube ad. Um, if you want to sell a digital product and you manage to slot it in nicely, on Instagram, that probably works really well. If you want to show the value of what you do, Instagram stories ads, absolutely brilliant. I, th I think they're amazing tools that people have access to, especially how cheap they are mm -hmm. in terms of advertising. However, they do cost a considerable amount of money in to be effective in the long term and mm -hmm. also require 
considerable effort to get right because I, I don't even want to try and touch advertising at the moment because at the moment I have not even got to the point of mastering the kind of understanding the ins and outs of these platforms as a whole. Like I feel quite confident with Instagram. I could probably run some adverts on there. But if you ask me about LinkedIn or Twitter, I wouldn't even be able to comment. Um, mm. But in, in, to answer the question I received on Instagram, yes, it's a good way to promote yourself, but it comes with a, quite a lot of risk, mm. which is the trade-off, isn't it? Like it's the trade-off with anything. If you, um, so a good example, speaking of, of the situation we're in right now, we're very lucky in the UK to have the NHS, but I know I can potentially get better, faster treatment if I pay to go private, if I get private healthcare instead, but yeah. I have the option. I am extremely grateful for the services we have with the NHS and it is free, but I do know that I can get probably higher quality and faster healthcare if I pay for it. That's a great, yeah. that's a great way to sum it up. So, but that's, that's kind of the difference between, I, I'm not trying to compare these two directly, but it's the only way I can kind of give you a, a real world it's a really example. Good comparison, yes. It um, is a good comparison. Is, is that with, if you want to build a social account or any account of any kind, um, or to try and attract more people or show your work off, yes, you can use the platform for free, but you'll have limited tools. And it's how you manipulate those tools and how you kind of wheedle your way through the system as to how it will work. Mm. Alternatively, you can learn how to use Instagram adverts or Facebook ads or whatever, fail a bunch, and then probably learn how to do it properly and make some success from it. But you have to have the capital to put in up front. And I cannot imagine, based on the audience who is going to be listening to this podcast, they will have that budget to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a point. Yeah, I don't want to assume anything, but I know how much money I have right now, yeah. and also how much money the general university's graduate has, um, and it's usually Zero. in the negatives. <laughs> yeah. So, in in terms of should you use it, yes, you can, but don't just hit the promote button and expect it to work. Mm. You really need to do things like actually go to the Facebook or Instagram advertising page on the desktop website and learn how to use it. Um, just hitting the promote button and kind of being like, I want to target, I know, 10,000 people in the US aged between, it's, it's not specific enough. And just, and just shoving your post out there is not gonna work. You need to actually make a campaign, which again is more effort, more money, more time, more failure to get the success. Like it has a much higher risk for potentially better yield but it depends actually on what you want to do. Like most people I know who are successful in the creative industry do not use adverts. Just as general rule of thumb. Mm -hmm. But the future does. But who are they targeting? They're trying to sell courses to designers. And I feel like for adverts yeah. too, you kind of, does it, am I wrong in saying that you almost have to seem like you're offering something or like you're offering it kind of goes back to what we said, like you, it's kind of what you can do for somebody else and what somebody's going to gain from visiting, clicking on that ad and visiting your profile or visiting what you're trying to promote. So is it wrong in saying that almost in having that advertisement, you kind of have to be promoting something, I suppose, or like you can't really put, can you put an ad on just a random post and probably not. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like, if you just hit the promote button and give Facebook some money and show this to a million people, like you're not yeah. going to get that much out of it. Yeah. Um, the the best advertising you will see are um, people who are showcasing the value of what they do, which is again back to what we said at the start of like, mm -hmm. what is the person going to get out of it? 
um, mm -hmm. or hitting a problem point. So you might be saying, um, let, let's go back to the, the example of, of Laura Evans of what she does for Nifty Fox and say her, an advert for her could be, do uh, employees of your company, uh, like let's say she's going to a university who has ridiculous reports that they have to go through. She could target them and, and say something along the lines of, are your colleagues and uh, employees just not reading the reports that are coming through? Are you finding it impossible to decipher them and visually uninteresting? Mm -hmm. Like, are you actually not getting the engagement with these reports that you were hoping for? And then you can kind of be like, this is what might help you, not like sell, sell. This is what might help you. This is how I help you. Uh, here is the value of the things that I do. And you right. could do that alternatively another side so that's like showing the value hitting a problem point and poking it the other side of that is doing something like giving something away for free or something away for very cheap um, as kind of a starter sell point like you'll see this all the time sign up for my newsletter and get get mm. x thing um, or we're doing a discount of 99 percent off all our courses for the next week mm. so thinking about like, yeah thinking about it and, and getting in a client's way you've got to be thinking about what they're going to get and we've mentioned it before so giving yeah looking at it from their point of view and seeing what they can you can get yeah and a, a, a great way of looking at this stuff is to go um and look at what people what questions people are asking on places like google um and also on places like quora q u o r a hmm. um i need to go and do this this is something that i had a conversation about recently uh, which actually struck a chord with me of being like, oh yeah, there's a whole website where people go and ask questions. Um, so go and look at them and then say, okay, well, I could make an advert about this or I could make content like a blog post or I could make a video or right. I could make uh, an Instagram illustration post going through the problem and saying, I don't know, have a character with a problem and you're like walking them through mm -hmm. on a carousel of like, this yeah. is a common question. And you could, you could do a lot with that, but you need to know what is going to bring people, like people you want to work with value, because I'm not saying they don't care about what you do. That's not true. But unless you explain to them the value of what you do, it's unlikely that they know already. Like, you know, the value of illustration, you know, the value of having a good website, you know, the value of having a great logo design or amazing piece of packaging or a poster for your event but they probably do not. Mm, good point. Good point. And if you don't look at it from that perspective, you will just end up attracting people who do what you do. Yeah. And that's definitely what I've seen. My engagement is at least on Instagram. It's a bunch of fellow illustrators, designers. Um, and I have quite a decent amount of engagement. Like I get quite a few likes and um, people commenting and stuff but like you said it's a bunch of appreciation and like nice work it looks really nice and it's like friends and like artist friends I've met and we're all doing the same thing whereas yeah it's very important to be attracting the clientele yeah. that's yeah. gonna hire me for that so uh, yeah but I don't want to diminish you building a community yeah right? Right, so right. it's imp but it's important to realize that if you can if you actively target people in your space that is who you will attract mm. but if you are actively trying to reach clients and potential people who you could work with by just like natural, um, just by like natural, the way social media and the internet works, you will bring in your peers as well. You will bring in other designers and other illustrators. Um, that's right. just the way the internet works. So if you are a, uh, a book cover designer, you will have people in your following who are book cover designers. That is just the way it is. They might even make up a large proportion of your audience over time as they have with me. Yeah, but the idea is that you aim to hit people you want to work with or, mm -hmm. or you want to sell products to, whichever, whichever the side you want to go into is. Yeah, yeah. 
Mark, do you have any other questions or do you want to start wrapping things up so yeah, you can go eat your food? I yeah. Think, <laughs> I think you smashed it there, to be fair. That's like Yeah. Wow, this was totally jam-packed, full of a lot of amazing advice that I'm definitely gonna run over and take like right now. <laughs> yeah, I need to I'm also gonna write a blog post, so check that out on the creativewaffle.club website. Um but yeah, so it will be written out, but when I read this back, it's gonna be like, oh, this is exactly like an action plan. It's gonna be so, yeah. so good. So good. Yeah. So, thank you very You're much. You're welcome. Thank totally you. welcome um yeah where can people uh, check you out find your stuff and say hello you can find me at c farrell design on pretty much all the platforms you can also start to follow um at the inferno uh, co or underscore co on most platforms as well which is going to be my more studio focused work you can find my daily newsletter on my website connorfowler.com and all the daily content i'm putting out with that which is much more personal much more me um, and then the more professionally stuff, uh, professionally stuff, excellent, good choice of words. Um, <laughs> the more professional stuff will also be coming in terms of case studies on Behance and LinkedIn in the, in the near future. I'm working on multiple things all at once, um, but I've just managed to relaunch my personal website uh, okay. and actually enjoying writing and blogging and, and things like that at the moment. Yeah. So um, if you, as someone listening to this podcast, probably a designer or a creative yourself, go and sign up for my, my newsletter. I send it out daily and it's a lot of work, but a lot of fun. And I hope to see you there. There you go. Awesome. Check him out. It's, yeah. uh, it's very good. It's, it's really, really good that chat and um, appreciate knowing you. And it's, it's yeah, it's it given me a lot of advice. So over the years and a lot of social media talk. Uh, so yeah, thank you. It was very nice meeting out. you and gaining this information. <laughs> I mean, you did show me your dog, Hannah. So I, yeah. I feel like I have to like give something in return. I make a lot of <laughs> Him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was lovely to meet you too. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the podcast. That's just blown me away. I mean, it's tons and tons of advice in this episode. Um, and if you go and check out the blog post as well, you can read all about it and, and find it all in written up form as well, uh, or most of it anyway. So yeah, creativewaffle.club slash blog slash social media smart. There you go. Thank you very much uh, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Please do go and check out Connor's stuff. Uh, link down below in the description again. You can also go to creativewaffle.club uh, for the newsletter as well. Sign up for the newsletter. We've got tons of stuff over there. Uh, updated each month. We're also going to be giving away books. We've got Dave Clayton's book. We're going to be giving away in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, alongside the, the obviously the big mock-up pack uh, which is uh, creative waffle uh, designers toolkit you got the mock-ups you got the textures you got the plugins uh, what else you got in there you got uh, pdf books design books that i found online uh, everything that i pulled together basically my downloads that's useful to designers uh, icon sets um yeah more and more i can't can't think of everything right now but there's 15 plus gigabytes of stuff there in the uh, in the google drive so uh, if you sign up to newsletter creativewolf.club newsletter you'll be added to the list you've got 100 people signed up already and, and that's amazing um and you'll get all the all the stuff that we're looking at and listening to each week as well plus an article that we like this week and uh, we've got music playlists and stuff we're listening to right now on there um just a cool newsletter it really is it really is a, a great new little, little newsletter little pep um three times a month so do go check it out at uh, creativewaffle.club slash newsletter. And thank you very much for checking out this podcast. Um, obviously, reviews on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, whatever they're called, uh, YouTube subscribes, uh, subscribes, subscribers, uh, everything like that would be really appreciated as well. Thank you very much for checking this podcast out. See you next week for another episode of the podcast.